All right, so we're in Luke chapter 10. We'll start with verse 25 this morning. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he, rep- he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he, had come to the, when he came to the place and saw him, pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. All right. So, um, again, we have talked a fair amount this spring about some of the, the, like the eight great debates that are stirring in Jewish cultures. There are eight questions that they are asking regularly, um, and they will ask for two or three generations, and then they'll sort of shelf that question, insert a new one, and it's just a regular question that has to do with a question they have with the law. Um, the answer to that question will help people understand where you fit on the spectrum of conservative to liberal. Uh, the question that the teacher of the law or the expert in the law is asking, what must I do to inherit eternal life, is a sub-question of one of those questions. Um, the question is, is there resurrection from the dead? Uh, you have a group of people, the Pharisees, who believe there is. You have a group of Pharisees, the Sadducees. You have a group of people, the Sadducees, who do not believe there is resurrection from the dead. The only thing that awaits you is Sheol, which means the grave, the great darkness. Uh, And that's it. So basically, you cease to exist when you die. There's nothing after that. Um, This man has identified himself as someone who believes that there is uh, resurrection from the dead because of the question that he asks. What must I do to inherit eternal life? So in the question, he's already identified with the fact that he's conservative uh, in in the spectrum. Um, And then Jesus, of course, doing what Jesus does, does not really answer the question, but answers his question with a question. He's like, what is written in the law? How do you read it? Now, the man gives what is ultimately the most obvious answer in the world, because this is the first thing that every single Jewish boy and girl would memorize, and it's called the Shema. It's in Deuteronomy. And it starts like, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. And then it just like spouts off pretty much exactly what it is that this guy says. Uh, The reason that this is hugely important, and this is where all little Jewish boys and girls would start, is that this is essentially what we've talked about in this room, though if you're listening to the podcast, you have not been in this room, which is the law of Eden. Um, The overarching law of Eden is to love God and to love people. And so the Shema is the foundation of everything that is going to be commands that God gives. So it's love God, love people. The next set of questions is like, all right, great. Well, how do you do that? And then so we get to the Ten Commandments. It's like, all right, well, how do you really do those things? And then you get to the 613 Levitical commands. So this guy is not really giving a surprising answer. 
And in many ways, he's giving, um, he's kind of giving an evasive answer himself in the sense that like when Jesus asked, what is written in the law? How do you read it? Like he's giving the like, yeah, no kidding. Like when the, when the Sunday school teacher asks like any question, the answer to every question is what? Jesus. Like, they, like it's almost, he's almost giving a, a condescending answer to Jesus. Um, and then when Jesus says, like, you've answered correctly, do this and you will live. Jesus is giving a non-answer to his condescending answer. Because the guy is saying, like, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then Jesus is like, hey, if you love God and love people, you're going to live. But the guy's like, are we talking about, like, live now? Or are we talking about living in the future? Like, when you talk about live, what is the way in which you're even talking about live? And it says, verse 29, the man wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? So that is now the second of one of the eight great debate questions that is like in Jesus's day that's happening. One is who is resurrection from the dead? What, how, is there resurrection from the dead? Another one is who is my neighbor? Uh, and it says he wanted to justify himself. What it is that he's trying to do is to say like, all right, um, I want you to tell me that all of my actions are correct in the way that I have loved people, which is essentially saying there's a group of people that I do love and there's a group of people that I do not love. And what I need you to do, what I'm asking you to do is to tell me that my actions are right. Like I'm, I need you to justify the correctness of, of my right behavior. Jesus does not do that, but he also doesn't flatly answer the question, which is just typical of Jesus. So he tells the story. Um, now, we've heard the story. You did not have to grow up in church. You do not have to have grown up in Western culture, and you have heard this story. This is one of the most famous stories in the history of civilization um, about what it looks like to love people well. Um, it is, we're, we're going to be teaching on this story when we hit the fall, so I'm just going to give a cursory overview of the story itself, um, which like the, the end result of the story is this. Like, everyone's your neighbor, and the way that you treat people determines whether or not you love them or not. Not whether you say it, not whether you think it, not whether you should do it or shouldn't do it. It's whether you actually love them. And ultimately, the person who loves this, this person who has fallen into the beating of their life really well is the most hated person in all of Israel. And so it's, I think it's, it might be difficult for us to wrap our minds around like the historical, cultural hatred that like a Jewish person would have for a Samaritan. We don't have, um, we just don't have a, a narrative in our, in our culture for it, except for um, the closest thing that you can really come to is um, the KKK. Like that's the closest thing that you would have. A group of people who are raised from birth to hate another group of people with the level of animosity and violence. Um, the, only, the only historical thing that we've got in our culture is the KKK. Um, if you were not part of the KKK, which I just kind of looking around the room, I'm thinking that might have skipped this room. It's just hard to wrap your mind around what it's like to have from the moment you're born to hate someone with the level of violent hatred that these people hated the Samaritans with. And for the Samaritan to be the hero of the story is just unimaginable in Jewish culture. And it's, it's one of those things where intellectually it's just really difficult 
for us to get our minds around. Um, you can imagine who's the person who has done you the most harm in your life. That's the person that Jesus is talking about. It, that doesn't really begin to get at the level of hatred that these people have for Samaritans. Um, it's worth noting that the two people that Jesus used as an example in the story, you've got the, uh, the priest uh, and you've got the Levite. Both of them are doing what is right by the law. So in the 613, remember, the law of Eden, love God and love people. All right, on, on the first grounding level, how do you do that? Well, the Ten Commandments. And then you have all of these like 613 things. At the bottom of that list, the 613 things, there are some very simple instructions about what to do with people who are bleeding and how those people make you ceremonially unclean. Both of these people are doing the right thing as it relates to don't get around things that will make you ceremonially unclean. But what they've done is they've kept the the letter of the law and rejected the spirit of it. Like the, the uncleanness didn't have to do with someone who had been beaten and was going to die. Like that actually, by the letter of the spirit of the law, if you get the Shema, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself, they actually would not have been made unclean by that. It is only when you're saying love doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is keeping the rules that that they would have been made unclean. Does that make sense? So they actually reject the law to keep the law. And so Jesus is going to continue to, for the, the whole of his ministry, talk about how like you want to you care more about right behavior than you do about loving people. And you are going to constantly reject the law to keep the law. That's a problem. Because if you're rejecting the law to keep the law, it means that you never understood the purpose of the law in the first place. The law was meant to empower you to love God and to love people. And what I'm confronting is that you have a virus within you that is not going to let you do that. And unless we deal with that fundamental issue, you're going to keep doing this stupid stuff over and over and over again. You're going to try to keep all of the law, but for the wrong reasons. And a disciple of, of Jesus is someone who does the things that Jesus did for the reasons Jesus did them. You could do all the stuff that Jesus did, but if you didn't do them for the reasons Jesus did them, you're still not a disciple and it's still not of Jesus. Remember, we're looking for the ways of Jesus, the words of Jesus, and the works of Jesus. And so Jesus, I mean, like this is a, this is a chalk full 12 verses here. We don't, we're not going to go into all of them. Who is your neighbor? Everyone. You're called to love everyone. And there are going to be things in culture which tell you you shouldn't love this person because of X, Y, and Z. And your job is to break through them through the power of Jesus.